What's up, guys? Welcome to a brand new episode of DC and RC. I'm Daniel Cormier. That's my man, Ryan Clark. RC, where you at now, man? What's up, bro? I'm in New York right now. Well, New Jersey, but I'm with I'm with Corporate Jake's favorite team, the New York Jets. And if they can block for Aaron Rodgers, they may be Super Bowl bound. <laughs> they good, RC? Man, they look good. Garrett Wilson is an absolute star. Robert Sala is coaching his buns off. And defensively, Coach Brick has these boys hunting. But if they can't protect number eight and run this football, they're going to be right where they were last year when the playoffs started. And that's watching with Corporate Jake, Seth Markman, my boss over at NFL at ESPN, and dang ESPN greenie, Mike Greenberg. Hey, you know, for a long time, them dudes been losing. But RC, guess what? We out here winning, dog. And they just told me that we got a new show open that neither of us has seen yet. So guys, let's take a look at it. And now, this is the moment you've all been waiting for. DC and RC. Welcome to a brand new episode of DC. Louisiana. It's DC and RC. Hailing from Aurora, Louisiana. I could go one show without you going, I'm a Super Bowl champ. When the mic's on, it's showtime. DC and RC, we win in Super Bowls and Emmys. And Daniel got two belts around the belly. Two division champ, I ran the UFC. Cause we asking all, all the tough questions. This guy's the worst, I see. I don't know how you can do a show with this. DC, you broke my heart. This is MMA, mixed martial all stars. And we bought that ground and pound, so be on guard. And we going round for round, cause we want it all. But there can only be one in the octagon. DC and RC, DC and RC, DC and RC, ESPN, tune in to see. He gonna lie, they did that. They did that. They did that, dog. Bro, I've been wanting Bruce. I wanted Bruce Buffer like for my birthday. I was gonna just try to hire Bruce Buffer to walk around with me, introducing me to people. And now that we got this, I don't even need it. I need that. Y'all gotta send me that, bro. I need to post that on social. So I'm letting y'all know now. By the time I'm off of TV. By the time we're done with this, that needs to be in my mobile oh, device. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> hey, I want, that, I want that too, RC, from Marrero, Louisiana. Hey, that's one thing yeah. nobody's ever been introduced. There's there's never been a Marrero, Louisiana introduced inside the octagon. RC, you the first, my guy. Never. You the first. Well, you know, hey, well, you know, DC, it was like MC Thick said, bro, where the fellas be yelling, Marrero. You know how it goes, dog. And now, you know what? This tells us how far we have come, though. We went from no <laughs> intro when we started like two years ago to the first intro, and then they added some pieces to it, and now we have our yep. own custom song that is basically like Goose oh, Buffer man. reading off that paper. The only thing we miss is the fist bump you could get before the championship fights that you've gotten mm -hmm. a lot of times mm -hmm. that I've never gotten. That's my next step. RC, let me tell you something, bro. We winning out here. But guess who else winning? My boy winning. Hey, bro, congratulations. That's a big deal. Dog, all the blessings you are Thank receiving you. right now, my brother, 
Congratulations, dog. You deserve it all. Thank you. You have bro. really put your nose to the grind, and you really do deserve all this. Look at my boy right there, right next to Scott Van Pelt. RC, when you got this call, how excited <laughs> were you? Man, I was extremely excited. It actually wasn't even a call, DC. Seth Markman, who is the head of NFL over um, at ESPN, he texted me and he said, hey, stop by and talk to me before you get on NFL Live. But it was the day that I actually missed the show with you and Chandler because my flight was delayed. Yep. So he comes over, rushes over, excited to tell me in a commercial break, bro, is when I found out <laughs> I'd be on Monday Night Football last Tuesday. I don't know if I was the last person to be added to the cast, man, but it is truly an honor. So many great analysts and hosts have worked on that show. I understand what a prestigious appointment it is to be on the Monday Night Countdown show. It's something I've dreamed of since starting this job while I was still playing, man. And so along with being able to do this show, along with getting opportunities to be nominated and winning an Emmy, this is just another step in my career that I'm extremely blessed uh, to have an opportunity to try to fulfill the shoes that I've been placed in. Man, that's awesome, bro. You deserve it all, my brother. Greatness is finding you because you're a hard-working guy. Another guy that achieved Man, greatness you, last bro. weekend is the new Bantamweight King, Sugar Sean O'Malley. Bro, he goes into this fight as a big underdog against Aljamain Sterling, who is considered the greatest Bantamweight of all time. Not only does he win, he wins in amazing fashion. Now, when Sean O'Malley hit the curtain, I said to myself, he need if he wins this, and he can win this in impressive fashion, this kid's going to go to the moon. He looked a tad bit nervous when he was walking there. But once he got into the octagon, we saw that Sean O'Malley is not only good enough to be the champion, but he's constantly improving RC. He never looked better than he did Saturday against the former champ, Aljamain Sterling. Now he's the Bantamweight King. How impressed were you with Sean O'Malley? I thought it was extremely impressive, DC. And you said... You thought he looked nervous once he hit the curtain. He admitted to being nervous. If you listen to him talk about Aljermaine Sterling before this fight, after this fight, he had an immense amount of respect for what Aljermaine Sterling had accomplished, for his style of fighting, for some of the dominance we've seen from Aljermaine Sterling as the bantamweight champion. And it seemed like he approached the fight that way. He even said... You're going to let Henry Cejudo, Cejudo step in and get the first crack or the crack before me at the championship? Well, let him do it. Let me continue to work on my wrestling. Let me continue to work on my takedown defense. And we saw those things at the end of round one. And then to see him step back and land that perfect right hand and then finish off Aljamain Sterling, I think it's one of those moments. And I know you mentioned during the broadcast, you mentioned Jose Aldo and Conor McGregor. It's a moment that will last in that same sense. Obviously, Aljermaine Sterling wasn't that level of star that Jose Aldo was, but Sean O'Malley will be approaching that Conor McGregor moment. And when you look at what he has up next for him or the accomplishment that was attained this weekend, it only puts him on superstar status. It only puts him in in conversations with guys like Conor McGregor. Now it's about what do you do with the championship? How do you represent the Bantamweight division? And how do you continue to defend that belt? Because Sean O'Malley can go down as one of the biggest stars to ever grace the octagon. RC, when that song hit, and that, that superstar song, if you are what you say you are, a superstar, that place went crazy, bro. And he walked out 
with the colorful hair and the tattoos. And then when Aljo hit Ryan, Ryan, they started cussing Aljo. It was so Boston. It was exactly what I figured or imagined the Lakers went yeah. through when they yeah. played the Celtics back in the day, bro. They were saying expletive, expletive, Aljo. The entirety of it, when he started walking out, and then when he was in the octagon, they were saying that. Right. Bro, this place was on fire. It was on fire for this kid, and it showed that if this kid can put together a run, if he can sustain a run, yep. he can be a massive superstar in the sport. But it's not only about winning. It's about how you win. And when you look at him landing yep. that step-back right hand, and we just saw a picture of Connor landing the step-back left hand, you, you look at the parallels. And I asked Sean that last week on my YouTube. I said, Sean, do you like the Conor McGregor comparisons? He goes, well, he's super rich. He's a great businessman. He won two belts. I don't know why I would not like the Conor McGregor comparisons. But look at that. Conor stepped back. Bang. Yeah. It was perfect. He steps back. Bang. Puts Aljo down. You know what's probably the most, like, trippy part of it, RC? Was when Sean O'Malley was about to throw that right hand, Al Jermaine closed his eyes, bro, because he just knew what was about to hit him. Yep. He tried to brace himself for yep. impact, knowing that he was about to take a hard shot. It was crazy, man. And what even made it more impressive was that Al, uh, Sean O'Malley's coach said Sean didn't wrestle for five weeks leading into the fight to be able to defend takedowns against a guy like Aljo and knock him out. Unreal. Unreal. Yeah. Well, I think the, the other part is this, though. It is about how you win. Sean O'Malley already had the superstar sort of backing that you get when you're eccentric, that you get when you grab the microphone and you electrify a crowd. He had all of those things. And it was also some of the walk-off knockouts that we saw early on in his UFC career. But that doesn't happen to Aljamain Sterling. The last time we watched Aljamain Sterling, and it wasn't a loss, it was obviously a disqualification of Piotr Jan, that was him already on the mat. That was him sort of getting... Get, getting beat and abused and you thought it was going to turn that way. This was one shot. This was one shot to a guy that had been dominant in his recent trips to the octagon. Aljamain Sterling was already planning his next move. He was already having conversations about what happens when he defends his belt against Sean O'Malley. But people were looking at Sean O'Malley saying, you haven't gone through what's required to be the champion. You haven't had this deadly gauntlet of dangerous men that you've had to overcome yep. in order to get this shot. You know, they said, okay, we fast-tracked you. You got to Piotr Jan. It's a fight that many people thought Piotr might have won, and you're going to give him Aljermaine Sterling right now? It's too soon. Yep. But it wasn't. And that's the thing, DC. If they fast-track you, if they put you in that spot, you still have to show up that night. You still have to be standing in front of one of the greatest in the world, one of the toughest men on the planet, and you got to be about that. And that's what Sean O'Malley did. There's a level of toughness and there's a level of, 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 of being able to rise to the occasion, which this dude does. The lights are never too bright for Sean O'Malley, but for me, it was the respect he showed in stepping into the octagon and saying, I can't be crazy. I can't make a mistake because if he makes a mistake, I have to be ready to capitalize on it. And I thought it was amazing. But DC... The UFC is searching for stars, and especially searching for a star in a bantamweight division that has been very difficult to hold the belt for a long time. 
If you are Sean O'Malley, now the bantamweight champion, if you are Aljamain Sterling, now the former bantamweight champion, what lies ahead for both of these men? And start with the champion, Sean O'Malley. You know, you know what's you know what's crazy about that RC as I get to like his next fight? I had a point that popped into my head when you were talking. Every single time the UFC loses someone, right, RC? When it was Chuck Liddell, what's gonna be next? Like who's gonna replace Chuck? Ronda came. Jones came. When Ronda left, oh my goodness, the UFC's gonna go down. Here comes Conor McGregor. It's always who's gonna be that guy. Now you got Sean O'Malley in a weight class, RC, that's traditionally hard to build stars. Because for as good as Dominic yes. Cruz was, TJ Dillashaw, all those guys, they weren't stars. You could not put those guys in most times a headline pay-per-view and know that they would do numbers. Yeah. It was what Conor McGregor was to 145 before he won the belt. Because for as good as Aldo was, you knew if you put him in the main event of a pay-per-view, it may not do well with the money. Sean O'Malley is going to draw money because people are tuned yep. in. It doesn't matter that he's small. It doesn't matter that he's 135. It doesn't matter that he's from a weight class that traditionally isn't looked at as one of the glamour divisions in the UFC. But with his star quality, I mean, very few athletes, Ryan, have been on your pivot. Very few. Sean O'Malley yep. was one of them. And Sean O'Malley was on the pivot yep. the day after he had a no contest in a boring fight. Yep. No, but even though all that happened, you guys still put him on there because you recognize the ability to draw eyes. And that's exactly what he did. Yep. And that's exactly what he's going to do to this division. So for as much as people want to say Sean O'Malley has been fast-tracked or given or he doesn't deserve, every single one of them will be better for it because your star will rise every time you have a guy like Sean O'Malley. But for me, it's about this, Ryan. I know that I the kid is special because I could see him fighting. But when you look at him from the yes. general fan, what is it about Sean O'Malley that kind of resonates with the people? Because, bro, I was at a golf course on Saturday morning, and the caddy was an 18-year-old kid. Like, can Sean O'Malley win? Like, everybody, all these young yeah. kids are just drawn to Little Daniel was like, I watched the O'Malley knockout. Dad, did you think he could win? They all love Sean O'Malley. <laughs> what is it, RC, that draws people into well, this guy? I think you got to think, he's today's kid, right? He's a kid with tattoos, and he's comfortable with coloring his hair. He's free about the way he lives his life in relationships. He's not one of those dudes that say, hey, <laughs> nah, you can't drink. Hey, nah, you can't smoke. Like, you have to live this way. You have to be so regiment regimented in order to be a champion. He's the type of dude that said, nah, if you're talented and if you work hard, you can have some fun and you can also be extremely successful. But also think about this. This Sean O'Malley, the guy that we see now, the guy that is becoming a star, was cultivated and calculated. Sean O'Malley is a businessman. Sean O'Malley didn't get into fighting just Bro. because he loved to fight. Now, we can tell he loves to fight by the way that he approaches it, by the way that he trains, by the way that he executes on fight night. But it just isn't about that form. It's about the stardom. Bro, you want to know when I knew Aljermaine Sterling was in trouble? When leading up to the fight, I'm watching DC and Joe Rogan and John Anik, the legend, and the only, the only promo that I saw more than DC and RC was freaking Sean O'Malley's Timex promo. Think about that. Before winning the championship, DC, on a night he's fighting to win it, he's the dude 
that they used in the promotional video for Timex. That's different, bro. That's somebody saying to you that, yeah, we want you to win, but more than that, we want you to be you. We live in a generation of a little bit of entitlement, but empowerment. Sean O'Malley is what all these kids want to be. They want to be famous, right? Like, I'm gonna, I want to be very careful how I word this. We live in a generation that fame comes before success. And that's very rare yep. because the only place that's supposed to happen is in the dictionary. But Sean O'Malley was <laughs> able to become famous, and now he's backed yep. it up with his right hand, bro. It is so 2023 that he is such a big star. And if he continues to win, if he continues to fight excitingly, he's going to be the face of the UFC, not soon, but very soon. He's 28 years old, R.C., He's 28 years old, and he's the king of the world. And, Ryan, I saw something the other day. I was, in, I was looking in the octagon. You know how the sponsors on the floor? I saw a sweet, sweet sweat version. They had a pink they had a pink Sean O'Malley sweet sweat logo in the middle of the octagon, bro. It was like when Floyd Mayweather used to fight, and you would see Mayweather promotions. Or if Manny fought, you would see their logos in the ring. It was like this kid, the show was built around Sean O'Malley. And he absolutely delivered. Yeah. But what you said, Ryan, I remember a while back we had a conversation about this. Don't mistake the fame for being successful. Well, Sean O'Malley has accomplished both. He's done a great job of yep. managing what he does and doing things the right way or the right way according to him. Ryan, you said it's so 2023. It's so 2023, but it's also 2023 in the way of the smarter athlete. So Sean O'Malley fought no five-round yes. fights because he goes, I know what I want to be paid to fight a 25-minute fight. Now I'm getting paid that. I'm ready to fight for the championship. I don't know what that yep. kid did to earn that type of respect and to warrant that type of confidence in himself, but he was very stern in standing on that. Look, RC, yeah. it's 2023. The person that would know more about this than any of us is yes. a guy that was a champion very recently. And now we're yeah. going to be joined yeah, by a friend fine. of the show and one of our guys – Kamaru Usman, there he is right there. What's up, champ? How hey, you doing, my brother? Hey. What's up, guys? How are you? DC, I am so glad hey. he is not wearing that ugly suit. Don't he on, don't, wore. I just came on with, the show. Don't start with me. Don't start with bro, me. Bro, I, I, I had to. <laughs> DC, I had to text him this suit was so ugly. Bro, this what? was. I'm talking about he was dressed like Michael off of the office, bro. I was embarrassed for him. There is there is no way he gets to be in the next Black Panther dressed like that. It was embarrassing. Bro, hey, bro. I mean. Doug, Doug. Step, See, here's he, the problem. Here's the problem with y'all dudes. Here's the problem with y'all dudes. Y'all dudes worried about what each other wearing, man. Y'all got to stop. That's the problem. But that's why we got Usman here. Not I'm only not worried this, about I'm not. I'm not one of the ones worried about it. That's him. That's him. He's hey, worried about it. We got to keep Usman. We got to keep Usman for step and fly, too, because I will admit DC. this. Y'all are two of the better dressed dudes I know. DC, Kamaru was on step and why, not step and fly. I had questions <laughs> about why he was dressed <laughs> that way. I, 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 need to know, I need to know what suit this is. Now I need to know what suit this is, bro. Hey. Y'all two of the best dressed dudes I know outside of Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan's suit is the best <laughs> suit in the world. It's one. 
Joe Rogan has one suit. And he <laughs> the wears black that suit? That black, and, and that black suit looks better than anything either of y'all wear. Hey, and guess what? Because Joe Rogan true. has star quality. And when you got star quality, it doesn't matter what you wear. But uh, Kamaru, Sean O'Malley has star quality. I just asked Ryan, what makes him resonate with people? You saw it, Usman. Why is this kid so valuable to the UFC? And why are people so interested? It's crazy watching it. Absolutely. I said this early is Sean O'Malley is one of those kids that I, I, I really love. I, I like seeing him. I like watching him. And not just that, I just I like the way that he carries himself. It, we're kind of in a society like RC, you were just saying, to where it, it's, it's fame kind of, it's supposed to come before success. That's what we were pushing on. But it's very rare for that success to actually come. And, and, and Sean, yes, of course, he amounts to fame. And I think the reason he amounts that fame is because it just seems real. It seems real and authentic. Uh-huh. This is a kid that he, he shows you what he does. He loves to stay at home. He loves to train. He loves to smoke. And, and, and he just he, he has fun. And he loves, he loves to smoke. He loves to play video games. And that just happens yeah, to be yeah. a majority of where society is nowadays. And so he's doing yeah. it. He's doing it raw. He's doing it authentically. And it resonates through. And I, and I said it, the level of confidence that he was just harboring. And I think, and you, uh-huh. DC, me and you and I talked about this a little bit before. When you do something in repetition long enough, it becomes the habit. And with that being a habit, yep. you could tell Sean was just confident because this was a habit for him. Just training, relaxing at home, gaming, smoking. That was a habit. And he does that so long that you start hey. to build the confidence of no one can touch me. And I think hey, that's I, I, I gotta ask both of y'all this. I gotta ask both of y'all this. I gotta ask both of y'all this. Hey, bro, we all love Sean O'Malley. We love what he's done. But, bro, how about Aljamain Sterling? Like, is there, and like, is do you feel bad for Aljamain Sterling in this moment? Because it seems like, don't laugh at him, Usman. That's so, messed up. Look at him, bro. No, 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 no. I'm not laughing. I'm not laughing. I'm not laughing. Bro, stop it. Stop it. Don't start something. I'm not laughing at Aljamain. In that sense, I'm not absolutely not. No, I do not feel bad for Aljamain Sterling. Why would you feel bad for him? This was a I was about to say that too. He defended his belt. Yeah, he's, he's accomplished. Bro, I, he's accomplished. I was reading no, when I, I, was, I worked the no. desk. I feel I bad because every long reigning champion has been offered an immediate rematch. We have just moved on from Aljamain Sterling, fellas. Nobody said so. Let me let me say rematch. this. Is he got a DC? Go ahead, Ryan. Here's why, though. Aljermaine Sterling, one, was already planning to leave the division. This division was planning their life beyond Aljermaine Sterling, whether he won this fight or not. The fact that Sean O'Malley won it is something the fans wanted. And let's be real. It's what the UFC wanted. The UFC was trying to find ways to make Aljermaine Sterling exciting. Right. For the traditionalists like you, for the traditionalists like Kamaru Usman, you guys could see the beauty in the way that he dominated grappling, in the way that he had the ability to take down Olympic gold medalists like Henry Cejudo, in the way that he had the understanding of technique and movement to be a backpack to Piotr Jan in their second fight. Y'all loved all of those things. But when we're talking about the casual fan, they like the excitement. And 
it was this weird thing, and I'm going to say this, and I can't say this, and we can all talk about this being African-American. <laughs> it was almost like, <laughs> even though he was, even though it was like the Funk Master, right? And you think <laughs> Funk Master Flex, and it was like the gold chain and all that. It still didn't feel like it hit home even with us, right? It, it, it still felt like, uh, I don't really quite know. I can't really grab onto it or hold to it. And I liked him. And I rooted for him, but it still didn't feel like he had that star power, even as we saw him, like a Kamaru or an Izzy. And I think being in the middle of both of those, y'all was in Boston. Boston wasn't going to ever love Aljermaine Sterling. And I think that that's a big reason why we have moved on from him. And the UFC is ready to allow the bantamweight division to move on from him so their star, Sean O'Malley, can continue to defend that belt. Yeah, I, I, I yes, you, Ryan, you hit the nail on the head. Al Jermaine even himself has already put the stamp down. I'm leaving the division after this fight. He said that. So by him saying that, it's kind of like, okay, we're planning for what's next, what's next, what's next already. And so this one makes sense. You know, Aljo, you wanted to leave because that weight cut was starting to become a little bit difficult. But now you have an excuse to leave. And plus, I think a, a, a big thing is also just kind of this is, is where the sport is now and the company is not only is it just hard-nosed, the best, is, is fighting the best anymore, or hard-nosed, number one, fights number two, and that's that. We, now it's an entertainment company as well. You know, yep. you, you do know yeah. that, that, you know, it, we, we have merged. WWE, yep. it, it's, oh, it's had merged. <laughs> so you, you have to be able to yeah. entertain. Now, I like Al Jermaine, and I think his skill set is extremely difficult to deal with. Yeah. Uh, now we look at the sport as a whole, look at the company as a whole. Who's going to sell more tickets? Who's going to be more entertaining? Sean O'Malley or Al Jermaine Sterling? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, you know, I mean, honestly, a brothers, for the that's, a, that's a true statement. That's a true statement, Usman. But when we talk about that, we talk about moving on. We talk like two dudes that got immediate rematches when they lost their championship. <laughs> because both of us got immediate rematches. So both of us can look back and go, hey, man, I just think hey, they were Yo, Steve. But, but, but also, both also got DC. Listen. If if it was if they if there was a in the cards for them to give him a rematch, I would love to, I would love it. I would love to see if Aljo yes. can make those uh, uh, adjustments and get that rematch. I would love it. But DC, Absolutely. in the way that you became a champion at that heavyweight division, and then warranted the rematch and then losing, so you you made a case for yourself. Yeah, yeah. that was yeah, that absolutely, was an easy one. absolutely. That was an easy. You went absolutely. out there and you slept steep. That was the easy one. I did, but. But I here's the deal. Here's the deal. When I think, yeah, when I think about Aljo, when I think about Aljo, I think about, I think about a guy that was a great champion, a guy that defended, and a guy that fought 15 weeks ago, turned around and fought again. Yeah. Not many people would have turned around yep. and fought in Boston that quickly. There have not been any champions that have been more active than Israel Adesanya, Kamara Usman. When you were champion, you fought quite a bit also, and Aljamain Sterling. Those guys fight a lot, and most champions don't. O'Malley says that he's ready to turn around. Oh, yeah, go ahead, yeah. RC. Go ahead. This I have a question. I have a question for you while you're still on Aljo before we spin it forward. It felt like to me, Aljermaine Sterling 
didn't have an option in fighting in 15 weeks. It felt like the UFC, and this is just my opinion, I can say this, I don't work for him. It felt like they were ready <laughs> to move on from him. Right? You know what I'm saying, though? It's RC. like, hey, let's, like, hey, let's, let's push RC. Henry Cejudo out there. Oh, Henry couldn't do it. Let's mm -hmm. push Sean O'Malley out there. And let's put him in Boston. And now Sean O'Malley's done well, it. Thank you, Lord. Aljamain Sterling has lost. Yeah. Let's move on. That's what it feels no, no, like RC, to me. No, no, RC, I don't think... RC, I don't think it was that. I don't think it was that extreme. But we spoke about this after he beat TJ Dillashaw in Abu Dhabi. You remember, like, he was saying, I'm not going to be back till July. Then he ended up fighting in May. And then he was like, I'm going to take a little break. And then he ended up fighting in, in August. But I think what happens is Aljamain Sterling gets these offers to make more money, and then he takes the money and he mm. has these fights. You got to capitalize whenever you have an opportunity. And they're always sweeten the deal for you when they need you to main event. And I think that's what happened to Aljamain, unfortunately. It caught up to him this weekend. What's something that works so well that it's basically magic? Air conditioning, noise-canceling headphones, meeting-free Fridays. Well, what about selling with Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business, from the launch at your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did-we-just-hit-a-million-order stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're auctioning autograph apparel or selling sleek skis, Shopify helps you sell everywhere from their all-in-one commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling. Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S., and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's extensive help resources are there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash DCRC. All lowercase, go to shopify.com slash DCRC now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash DCRC. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. 
That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza, better because it has to be. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. But because there's a new champion, Kamaru, bro, he said he wants to be busy. He said he wants to fight in December. He said he's not trying to wait. But he says he wants Cheeto Vera, who Cheeto Vera just lost to Corey Sanhagen. But it feels like Cheeto Vera has kind of fallen backwards into a title fight because Marab had surgery. Sandhagen had surgery. Vera wins on the same night, took the fight on last-minute notice, and now he seems to be the number one contender. Does that interest you, Usman, if it is uh, if it is Cheeto Vera? To be honest, um, I, I mean, let's, let's just be clear here. The number one contender, the guy that should be fighting for the title, is Corey Sandhagen. And, and this right here, this is the fight that we want to see. This is a fight that every fan wants to see because I do believe that Corey Sanhagen is the dark horse in that division outside of Umar and Nurmagomedov. But Marab? Since Marab? Cor- since Cor- Marab? Marab. Yeah, Marab. Yes, 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 Marab. But let's be honest here. I'm, I'm, speak- I'm not just speaking for myself as a fan or as a spectator. I'm looking at all sides here. I'm looking from the company side as well. What's going to sell tickets? Who is going to be that most exciting? Of course, Marab, there's a history there. There's a story there. I think that one is a good fight for uh, um, for um, O'Malley later on down the line. But right now, everyone seems to kind of have a, an ailment or something going on. So I think, obviously, Cheeto Vera, there's a story there. I think that's the first. Let's give him a first defense right away. But let's go back to what Sean O'Malley says. DC, you knows it. You know it just as well as I do. When you become a champion right away, you get happy up there. Yeah, that way. And you say, yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to be busy. This is crazy. <laughs> <Stop. Stop. laughs> I want the fight. Because now I get different type of money. I want the fight. But what you don't realize is you are now champion. You about to get 5 million calls to go do that show, that show, this interview, that mm. interview. And it starts to weigh on you slow and slowly and slowly. So, yes, every champion says, yes, I want to be busy. Until you become a champion, that's when you realize I gotta pump the brakes here and give myself some time. <laughs> well, so my thought is this though: I think Sean O'Malley is a genius. I don't think we've given him enough credit for his business acumen. I don't think we've really looked into it or thought about it. Everything this man has done has been thought out. I understand that Marab has had surgery. Corey Sanhagen has had surgery. But I truly feel like he thinks Chito Vera is the best matchup. We know that that fight is going to be a striking match. And we know that Sean O'Malley believes that he can outstrike anyone in the bantamweight. They have the story of the leg kick that ended the fight in the first time that these two met inside the octagon. This fight is going to sell. This fight is going to be a fight that Sean O'Malley can easily prepare for. And in Sean Sean O'Malley's mind, it's the one that he can win. You know the last person I would call out if I was Sean O'Malley? Someone (laughs) who is lunatic enough to attempt to take a man down 48, 49 times in one fight. (laughs) Why in the hell am I going to call him out? He could steal all my Michael Jackson jackets. 
I ain't calling him out. <laughs> Don't nobody want to defend 48, 49 takedowns? So what Sean say? Let me call out Chito Vera right now before I have to deal with this man who is crazy enough to not only take my jacket, but in face of Piotrian was like, I'm just going to take you down, and if I miss, I'm going to try again. This is brilliant, my Sean O'Malley. <laughs> it's a fight that will be exciting, one that we will all tune into, and one that I believe he thinks has an exciting and dynamic ending with him being getting his hand raised at the end. And I believe this is a great call-out and also a fight I'm extremely interested in. I'm very interested in it, but, like, I think in the Marab fight, what is most impressive is not necessarily just him shooting all them takedowns, but the Marlon Marais fight. He was dead, son. Marais had him dead. He kept falling down and getting up. You remember that? And then he ended up submitting Marlon Marais. He could take so much damage. So it's not like he's just a good wrestler. He's very, very tough, and he's very durable. So I get what you're saying. But I also think the backstory of Sean O'Malley with Cheeto Vera is great. But I also think the smartest thing about Sean O'Malley and Cheeto Vera situation is because Sean O'Malley's telling Cheeto, you better apologize or I'm not going to give you a title fight. And then the boy Henry Cejudo's waiting on the side going, hell, maybe I get a chance to fight for the belt if Cheeto Vera fumbles the bag. They're all just sitting there waiting. But I'm going to tell you something. I'd like to see him fight in December. And with the fights that are not announced yet, Leon Edwards and Colby Covington don't have a date yet. Now Sean O'Malley doesn't mm. have a date. The light heavyweight championship fight does not have a date. The Simmer could end up being one of those massive fight cards. And then Sean O'Malley will not only defend this championship, he's going to really learn what pay-per-view points means whenever you have like two to three title mm. fights on the same <laughs> fight card. Look, Kamaru, that's my boy. He does real good on TV. But I want to talk about clothes with you too. So it's time for Step and Fly. Because I know that Joe Rogan's the best dress. You can't even dress no more. Okay, let's go. Wow. <laughs> oh, I see you Cheeto. Ooh. I see. <laughs> listen, now, this is something Kamaru will wear. He like to have, like, different prints on that don't match and stuff like that. I think he tries to confuse us. <laughs> I, am not, I am not a huge fan of this. Cheeto, don't leg kick me. I don't want none of that smoke. But this is something Kamaru will wear and he'd be into. This is not me. What you think? I, I, I like it, but I think, uh, you know, probably for me, I probably would have freaked it a little different. You know, I probably would have lost the shirt inside there, you know, without that shirt. I think it just comes together, like especially on me when it touch, when it touches my cocoa brown skin. You know, I think that really pop on me. So Bro. I like that. I, hey, I like why? that right there. So I think Cheeto, Cheeto did a good job, but I probably would have lost the shirt and let the chest out. And hey, just show that Coco this Brown dude, skin. Listen, nobody. This dude, Usman, just want to take his shirt off, man. This dude just want to take his shirt off, man. Look at the new champ. He didn't hey, have a that's shirt. That's hard right there. He didn't have a shirt, but RC, hey, he's tailored up. You see up. what I'm talking that's about? Hard. Big Jordans. That's hard. Yeah, but see, though, like, what, what, I, what I like about this is... This is uniquely Sean O'Malley. I know Kamaru think he has somehow got the patent on wearing suits with no shirt, but he got the pink, the pink dunks on. You rock it with the window pane suit. It matches the hair. You got the glasses. This is who Sean O'Malley is with the change. Now, this is hard. This is dope. This is why this man walked out as the champion, because he gives zero Fs when he walked into the press conference, and he clean as heck. He is. He is. I like it. I really do like it, and that's what I said. Uh, uh, you, you mentioned you mentioned earlier 
that uh and that's one thing that's impressive about Sean O'Malley is that yeah he's younger and yeah he's coming up but he's really been schooled and I I I know his team behind so I know that he has a uh someone advising him to where he's really been schooled on the business aspect of this everything is hitting right now hitting 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 and this kid has been making money let's just be honest he's been making money on everything and this right so here I said is going to shoot him out of there to where now we're looking at good seven figure checks for sure. Hey, look at this. Look at this. Merry look at Bruce Buckle Christmas. with the jacket. <laughs> it's Christmas. Hey, 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 R.A. Ryan. In Yo. my mind. You know the temptations that in my mind. Edmo had that Christmas jacket. <laughs> hey, not the temptations. Not the Merry Christmas RC. to you. <laughs> and when he would move RC, that thing would show green. And then when he was standing still, it was just red. It was crazy, bro. bro. Bro, Bruce Buffer has to have 70 million tuxedo coats. And all of them have their own special flair. When I got to see him, like, from floor level, how excited and pumped up he gets to introduce these fighters, I don't care what the hell he wears. Bruce, Bruce Buffer is the freaking man. I don't care if it's a Christmas tree. I don't care if it's an Easter egg. I don't care if it's a, resur a Resurrection Sunday mock. Bruce Buffer is the man. I ain't never hating on him. It's the wrong month for a Christmas suit, but I ain't tripping. I rock with it. No, it was, it was, it was, I liked it. I liked it. Now, the one thing that you have, we have to really understand, and DC and RC, you know, you understand this. Bruce Buffer is, does so many events all the time that after a while, you can't just, like, you run out of colors. There's only red, blue, green. Yeah. You know, there's only so many colors for you to use. So you just start being creative. You just start throwing stuff out there. Hey. So I, I like this. Usman, I Usman. Think it works. Usman, look at look at Aljo. Aljo looking sick because Aljo got the, the, the gray with the blue shirt with the the gold buttons, with the gold necklace, with the, the, the shirt half open. What you think about the former champion, RC? Listen, he's clean, but I want to talk about the disrespect that everybody shows Aljermaine Sterling. Why in the heck did Aljermaine Sterling have to go last? You see what I'm saying? It's the same thing. The man had to fight in Boston, Sean O'Malley on all the promos, and this guy is the champion. Aljermaine is really fly here. He don't have his shirt open as much as Kamaru would have it open because he wouldn't even have one on. We all know how he acts. He probably don't own a shirt that he can wear under a suit. But I like the fact that the buttons are gold. It matches the gold chain, the gold frames with the front master, the, the Funk Master Lingo, I like it, man. I think he's clean. It was nice. I think it was a nice touch. You know, sometimes, you know, people try to do too much. This was nice, subtle. You know, I'm coming in, you know, he had the patented gold chains that he likes to wear, the big gold chain. So uh, it worked, you know. It really, really worked. worked. You know, sometimes he does wear a couple things where I think it's low, you know, and you pump the brakes a little bit. But this will work for the champion. Nice, <laughs> smooth, coming for work, coming to business. Wow. Usman, the future is wow. now. And Ian Gary shows up in the blue three-piece. He He's just walking with a strut, too. That boy Ian <laughs> Gary got swag, and he can fight, RC. Man, he can flat-out fight. I thought he was going to kick Neil Magny's leg off. Like, legitimately, I thought Neil Magny, Magny was going to walk out of the octagon with a nub. That dude was viciously attacking him. He, he has or he wants what Sean O'Malley has. 
I think he's because he's far off from what Connor was. And he and Gary is trying to piece together what it takes to be that star. And showing up at the arena like this is a big start to that. Yeah, I agree. But I, I think back to right what you were saying, RC, it's there, there's something called just it's destiny. There's certain times that you don't as, as an athlete yourself, you can't explain why you have this much love, why you have this much notoriety from the band. You just can't explain it. And I guarantee you right now, if you spoke to Connor and you asked him, he's, he can't tell you why he became such a huge star. If you put Sean O'Malley down and you tell him why, Sean O'Malley's going to say, I just love gaming. I love smoking. I love doing this. He can't explain to you why there's so much love. So you can't force it. So with Ian Gary, I like that suit. I think he fought beautifully. Um, you know, he could have done a little bit more. I think he probably potentially could have pushed hard for try to get that finish, which I think would have done a little bit more for him. But Hey, you can't force star power. You can't force it. Sometimes the stars mm. just align and you just you gotta take have it. And you can't explain why yeah. I'm so big. Yeah. Hey, let me tell you something, Usman. Hey, Kevin Holland's so disrespectful. Kevin Holland put on the internet, he said, whoever got twitched in the head like Neil Magny, they need to cut him because Neil Magny was fighting so bad out there. They said, if you got twisted dreads, somebody go tell Neil Magny to cut his dreads, bro. Because nobody would dress your fight like that. That's awful, man. That's awful. He's disrespectful. Guys, that hey, was fun. He is. Tomorrow, Usman, man, you got an open invitation, bro. We love you on the show. Hey, DCRC and Can't friends. Can't wear that suit. Tomorrow, Usman, you are now one of the friends, man. Thank you for joining us, bro. Appreciate it. I appreciate you guys. <laughs> appreciate man. you, my hey, guy. DC, go ahead and send me that paperwork, man. Send me the paperwork. RC, send me the paperwork. This every week. We need to do this. I'm with <laughs> That's my boy I'm right there. It. Thank you. I'm with <laughs> yes, Hey, sir. thank you, Usman. Thank you. RC. Let's fast forward now to another former champion. Max Holloway is in Singapore to take on the Korean yeah. zombie. RC, listen to this, bro. You know what's crazy? I was flying back from Boston Sunday. As I'm getting to the Bay Area, I see some UFC workers, and I'm like, yo, they got this dude named Tony. He a big brother. I said, hey, man, I said, um, y'all had to fly here because of the weather in Vegas. He's like, no, DC. We flew from Boston to San Francisco. They were going straight to Singapore, bro. These people on the road for a Bruh. month, RC. Four straight weeks. They go from Boston to Singapore to, to uh, Paris and then Australia. Back to back to back before they finally come home. That is a grind on the UFC. But this weekend, they yeah, get a good man. one. They get the Korean Zombie and Max Holloway. How are you looking at this fight? Well, I'm looking at it excitedly because of this. Max Holloway understands where he is when it pertains to the featherweight division. So in his mind, he wants to put on the most fun fights he could possibly schedule. And when you think about the Korean zombie, who in his own right is a legend in the UFC, this is the perfect matchup. This is two guys who like to walk straight forward, two guys who enjoy putting on dynamic matchups in a place in their career where they aren't necessarily fighting for championships. And so for me, Max Holloway called for this fight after beating Arnold Allen. The UFC quickly obliged and got this scheduled. And we are getting an absolute slugfest for a fight night. And so for me, man, I'm just always excited to get to see Max Holloway go to work. I was actually watching a highlight on Instagram today. It's when he just kept screaming at you guys, I'm the best boxer in the UFC. And he's throwing no look rights. He's 
get the head movement, not even looking at Calvin Cater. And so I'm trying to see that Max Holloway show up again against the Korean Zombie. And we know the Korean Zombie wants a better showing against Max Holloway than he had against Alexander Volkanovsky. But DC, for you, when Max Holloway makes this sort of call out that you know doesn't necessarily say we are getting a championship matchup after this, what does it say about a fighter like him who just loves to get in there and put on great shows? I think Max Holloway is looking at the Korean zombie matchup like, okay, we have both been here for a long time. I don't know why we haven't crossed paths yet. I know this is going to be a fun fight. I respect the guy, and I want to compete against him. Max Holloway is a former champion and one of the greatest featherweights of all time. I had him number one until I saw Volkanovski in the last fight. But it also speaks to the fact that he went in there and he fought Arnold Allen a very young, hungry com competitor mm -hmm. who was making his way up the rankings. Max beat him. So the UFC said, you know what? We're going to give you the one that you asked for now because you stepped up and you beat a guy that no one else wanted to fight. But when the Korean zombie sees Max Holloway, he goes, you know what? I want to fight a former champion. I never got to compete against him when he held the belt. I never had the chance to prove myself. The Korean zombie has been close on a number of occasions. He beats Max Holloway. You start to get a little bit of a feel of your, your career being full circle, right? Like, on the right night, RC, you beat a guy like Max Holloway, you think to yourself, I could have been the man, right? And you could live with that because you want to be the best in the world at some point when you're a fighter. And if you could beat those guys that were the best in the world, you feel a little bit of that. So it's going to be an amazing fight night. This is one that's going to be unbelievably fun. And Singapore is a great place to watch a fight, RC. It's a great place, and I'm happy that those guys are finally getting a chance to fight each other. Yeah, I think it's an amazing matchup, and everybody's going to be tuned in to see what Max Holloway does against the Korean Zombie. But you know who else tunes in, DC? Our very own Max Holloway. And he had some interesting thoughts about a UFC Thomas. legend on the last fight night. And DC eating something. DC, what the hell are you eating, DC? You working? You working, DC? DC eating something? What? <laughs> DC, how you eating something in that fight, bro? What are you doing? Bro, you ain't that hungry. You ain't that hungry, DC. No, listen, listen, RC. Rogan brings these snacks every time, bro. He brings this beef jerky. So we sit there, we eat it, and we eat popcorn. Like, we eat popcorn. Dude, we're sitting there for seven and a half hours. But then that Max Holloway. Hey, bro, I love the guy, but that guy constantly taking shots at me. The other, Yesterday, I see an uh, interview. He on one of the biggest podcasts in the world. He called me a sellout. Max Holloway is something else, man. That dude, if you got friends like Max Holloway, you don't need enemies because Max keep coming for me. He's just mad, R.C., that I'm the daddest man on the planet. He thought he had that title locked hey. up. I got it, and he's struggling to deal with that. Hey, I'm going to say this. My daughter, Logan, thinks you are the sweetest, most kind, cuddly <laughs> teddy bear in the entire world. Yeah. And we always remind her, babe, that man is a killer. <laughs> But I think that, that Max, Holloway, Max Holloway follows you and razzes you so much because he cares about you a ton. And what he also cares about is his native 
Hawaii. We all know that Max Holloway makes his residence in Hawaii, and we also understand what's been going on with all of the wildfire, wildfires near Maui. If you want to help people affected by the Hawaii wildfires, you can donate now at redcross.org slash ESPN. That's again, if you want to help people affected by the Hawaii wildfires, donate now at redcross.org ESPN. RC, it's uh, very, it's very horrific what's going on in Hawaii. Beautifully done, man. I'm glad that ESPN is doing whatever we can to help. The UFC is also doing that. We have UFC Hawaii shirts also. All proceeds are going yeah. to the relief fund to the people that lost everything out there. Yeah, absolutely, DC. I think when you look at people like us who grew up in Louisiana, who understand what Hurricane Katrina has done, things like Hurricane Ida, you know that these natural disasters are things that not only affect those who are involved or who are immediately impacted, but it affects us all. And anything that you can do to help, anything that you can do to donate or raise awareness in any way for all of the people who are suffering due to these wildfires, I think it's an amazing thing for the UFC, also Max Holloway, and the Red Cross. So remember, you can always donate at redcross.org slash ESPN. Now, DC, you know what time it is, my man. It is time to tap in or tap out. I got Zhang Wei Li put on a historic performance at UFC 292 to retain her strawweight title. The question is now, who should be next for Magnum? Yan Xiaonan or Tatiana Suarez? So, RC, tap in or tap out. Tatiana should be the next opponent for Zhang Wei Li. You know what? I'm going to tap out because watching Xiaonan in her last fight, I thought that's what we'd be seeing Coming up, even before Amanda Lemos, I thought that she fought great. I thought that she was aggressive to be able to finish in the way that she did. And it just seemed like the perfect matchup to have her versus Zhang Wei Li on a fight card. So to me, that's the fight that we should see next. And I believe that Xiao Nan has earned that opportunity. You know, RC, I'm actually going to tap out too. Even though I love Tatiana, she's a wrestler. Um, Zhang Wei Li calling her out. It's surprising to me because she knows that Yao Shanan has won what she has won, and she knows that Yao Shanan is Chinese also. So the the, the yes. prospects of a female championship fight between two Chinese women in China is exciting to me. So that's yeah. the one I want to see. And I think they got me working that Chinese fight card. So if I'm going all the way to China, <laughs> they better have Zhang Wei Li fight see Yao Shanan. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. Saturday night, Ian Machado-Gary made a statement with a dominant win over Neil Magny. Following the fight, Gary stated he wants to fight Stephen Wonderboy Thompson next, and Dana White said he wants Machado-Gary fighting at MSG in November. DC, tap in or tap out on Machado-Gary versus Wonderboy at MSG for UFC 295. I, I tap in. I tap in on that fight. I tap in on seeing him fight in New York. I don't know if Wonderboy is going to fight him, though. I don't know if Wonderboy is ready to accept that this is his position in fighting. When you start becoming that wow. guy that's 40 years old and you're fighting uh, prospects like this, it almost tells you something. Now, there is the chance that you win, right? There is the chance that you get the job done. But the idea and the prospects of it, like, hey, they're putting me in there with this kid that's 13-0. He's supposed to be the man. I'm in there to lose. And I don't think Wonderboy is ready to accept that his, uh, his place in this division and his place in MMA right now is the place of a guy to uplift younger fighters. 
You know what? I tap in on it because I tap in on Wonder Boy's competitiveness and also his self-awareness. Sometimes you got to be aware enough to know where your career is. We still remember the fight with Kevin Holland and how exciting that that was. You can get in there with a guy like Ian Gary and go show the world that I'm not done, that even at 40, I can still throw these things. I can still stand up with anybody in my division. And what better place to do that than MSG? And so if Wonder Boy, to me, if Wonder Boy wants to get back into the consciousness of the UFC, this is a fight he takes and this is a fight he wins because if you do that, you are back in the conversation for some of those marquee matchups. On Saturday's prelims, we saw the return of Chris Weidman to the octagon. While he wound up on the losing side against Brad Tavares, RC, tap in or tap out, Weidman won just by coming back to the UFC. You know what? I tap out on it. I tap out on it because I know what sort of competitor that Chris Weidman is. Did Chris Weidman win to me? In my heart, do I feel like Chris Weidman has shown the world what you can do with determination, what you can do with work ethic, what you can do with toughness? Hell yeah. And he showed it even more to us that when he had to switch to Southpaw, he checked almost every leg kick from Tavares, but I know who Chris Wyman is. He's a former champion. This is a man that knocked out Anderson Silva and beat him twice. For him, he wants to win. So I'm not going to diminish him by giving him a moral victory. I tap out on doing that for Chris Wyman or to Chris Wyman. I actually, I agree with you because I know Chris and I've spoken to Chris since the fight. He is not happy to just have been there. He did accomplish a great thing by making that walk, going through all the rehab and the, the the ups and the downs with the injury. But he wanted to win that fight, and he wanted to make a run. But I thought that he fought like an absolute savage. He could have quit, bro. When you're yep. out there limping around on one leg, which yeah, is a bad bro. leg because you've been leg kicked so much, you could actually quit, and he never quit. Chris Weidman is a savage. He wanted to be champion. Now, a little bit of an update. He said that his legs are just really swollen. He was seeing the doctor today. They don't think that has anything to do with the injuries that he had before. So he feels like he'll be fine in time. So the next time we'll see Chris Weidman is back on television. I guess DC took Alex Pereira to a golf simulator, and Alex didn't look so hot swinging the golf terrible. club. It reminded us of the time terrible. DC completely whiffed while on the golf course. So RC, tap in or tap out. DC's miss is worse than Pereira's swing. I tap <laughs> in oh, no. that it's worse. Worse, like DC's <laughs> terrible. Like he's one of, like for a guy who talks like he's one of the world's greatest <laughs> athletes, he's actually one of the worst that I know personally. How do you, you miss so, the entire golf ball? Listen, I don't even golf. Quite a bit. I am it terrible, a lot. but I at least hit it. It might dribble or it might shoot time. off into a tree to the every right time. of us. But oh my gosh, DC, you are <laughs> much worse. Time. Than Alex hey. Pineda. Much worse. <laughs> RC, you're out of your mind. You say you hit it every time, not off the ground. Let me tell you something, RC. Every when time. I'm on the golf course, I look I look like Victor Hovland yesterday at the BMW chasing down Scotty Scheffler. So I'm tapping out. His swing is much worse, and I'm the best golfer you know, RC. I'm really, really good lately, and I am the world's ultimate athlete. Now, Corporate Jake, move on before you say anything. <laughs> All right, guys, last one. During Arizona State's <laughs> practice, friend of the program, Jordan Clark, was seen swinging at something. DC, tap in or tap out, RC son getting in some MMA practice while on the football field. Wait, I'm trying to see what he's doing. Like, I'm trying to see what he's doing. My return is, is it was, slow at the apex. It, it, it was is a he hornet. Beating people? It's a hornet. 
It was a hornet. He was trying to save baby Dillashaw. <laughs> Kenny, Kenny, Baby uh-huh. Dillingham, I'm sorry. Kenny Dillingham had his baby at practice. They were at Camp T. It's up there in the woods. There was a hornet trying to attack Baby Dillingham. And Jordan, who has been taking Muay Thai, uh, Muay Thai, he jumped right into action and he saved the yeah. baby. That's what we do, DC. We are saving uh-huh. the world one Dillingham baby at a time. <laughs> It, that's my boy Jordan Clark right there. Yeah, that's my boy. That's superhero Clark. Hey, let me tell you something. That's a good-looking boy. Maybe he should be an actor. Get rid of this fighting dream, bro. Stop trying to do fighting. Hey, he, and go act. You can play Batman. Hey, he says, Jordan says he wants to fight when football is over, man. So I'm just going to let y'all all know where it is. I'll try to live stream it for y'all or something. But he did say he was uh, sparring against a guy, and dude punched him in his nose and made his eyes water, and he really wanted to get after his keister. I told him, you better get used to that if you ever want to fight, bro, because DC said that that joke hurts, so and it just keeps hurting no matter how many times you get hit. Hey, RC, when your eyes start watering in a street fight, the fight usually over. Not in mixed martial arts. You got to keep going, dog. <laughs> Guys, you can find the show every week on YouTube, ESPN Plus, wherever you get your podcasts, and now on ESPN2 at midnight Eastern. Guys, Ryan and I have this fun on this show every single week. Congrats on the new job, my brother. I appreciate you always. I'm Daniel Cormier. That's Ryan Clark. 